All right, welcome back to the hottest sports podcast in the United States as of right now. Maybe even in the world, who knows? I am currently joined today by my co-host, partner in crime, the Trent Valley. Trent, you're back in Michigan for the weekend. How are you doing? Now that football is over, where is our head at right now? What are we thinking? You know, I'm one of those people, I'm probably in the minority, but I always... I, I kind of take a deep breath and exhale and have a feel-good sort of honeymoon phase once football ends. It's not that I'm glad football's over, but it's a chance to kind of turn turn the page a little bit because I love college hoops. Ethan, I know you love the NBA. Right. Like we, There are other things. It, it just is a reminder that there's other sports in America other than football, which we sometimes forget about because football's that big of a deal. But I'm, I'm doing well, man. Uh, it's a great sports weekend. We're recording here on a Saturday. There's a huge game in the Big East coming up at 3 o'clock between Marquette and UConn. That's going to be a fun one. And uh, Michigan, Michigan State tonight, of course. There's a, there's a lot to look forward to, E, but how are you holding up? I'm doing good, man. As as you mentioned, the the Big East matchup later today, I'm watching Creighton and Butler. And um, more more to go along with that. Creighton is, a, is an Omaha team. But I hear you, man. I feel like when football ends, it's like a, it, it's a peaceful ending. Where it's like I'm almost I could almost do like a couple weeks off. I don't want like a a massive amount of time off, but right. like it's almost like a like a spring break. Like give me sure. a spring break week to two weeks, but like then after that I'm like, all right, let's let's start football again. But no, as of right now, I'm living peacefully in this mindset that uh football's over and we got other things to look at. NBA, college hoops. I, I'm like weirdly excited for baseball to start. Me too. I've never been I've never been that excited for baseball to start, but you know, especially the, the Detroit Tigers coming up, man. I got I got I got a I got a lot of a lot to look forward to with this young team. But we could talk about that, you know, more more when we get there. Trent, um, as you can tell, I'm obviously I'm in a new setting right now. I uh for those of you watching on the YouTube channel, like and subscribe. Um, but I'm in a different setting. I figured I'd try it from my office one day because I got this new mic. My audio should sound a little clearer, crispier, whatever you want to call it. Repping a Cincinnati Bearcat sweatshirt. Uh, shout out my wonderful girlfriend, Katie. Um, not a Cincinnati fan at all, but I just, it, it's a comfy sweatshirt. What can I say? Um, with that being said, Trent, a thought I had last night. Give me right now your top two sports movies. Give me your in the batting circle and on deck sports movies if you just had to rip two right now dude so hard to think about on the spot but i gotta i i love the sandlot i've always been i've always been partial to the sandlot that has to be one of my top two and then the the other spot man i mean oh i love hoosiers i love rocky i love Mm. space jam like there's a bunch of weird ways you can go about it but i think i think i'd have to go with rocky four Kind of off the board. Four. Drago. Sandlot and Rocky Four from the yes. kids. Yes. Hoosiers, Hoosiers close third. I love Hoosiers. Love it. Yeah. So I, I kind of went basketball route. I, I have you ever seen the movie Glory Road? No. I'll have to. Oh. I'm writing it down right now. Glory Road is one of my favorite basketball movies of all time. I think so. One of my biggest qualms with sports movies is I hate when I'm watching a sports movie and the people that are like portraying the athletes aren't athletic like i hate that oh yeah glory right. road does a fantastic job of having people in that are good at basketball play in the movie 
And then coming into my on-deck circle, I got Moneyball. Just a classic. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Chris Pratt with a weird appearance in that movie. But um, fantastic film Moneyball is. But yeah, I just figured we'd rip a couple off there. Trent, I have a story. Okay. I've been, looking, I've been looking forward to this because full transparency, Ethan told me, he's like, I got a story to tell you. Or I think I think the exact text was I got a story in all caps, and yeah. I was like, "What's up? What's the story?" And you're like, "I want to tell you on the show." So have at it. So yeah, I was I was originally going to tell you over the phone, but I figured my girlfriend convinced me that it might be better to tell you on the show, which I I, I kind of agree with. So as I sit with this story, I don't know if like I'm kind of like I don't know if it's that big of a deal. It was a big deal for us, you know. You know, the Double Tech Podcast, we're, we're a small market show, not a lot of grand things happening here. It's we're, But listen, we're trying to make some noise, you know, we're making some noise, we're building our market, we're furthering our brand, and we're the hottest podcast in the United States, so what can we say? With that being said, Thursday night, February 15th, circa, I had the opportunity to go and be a part of the watch party, as, as you might call it, for a popular podcast in the Omaha area called Let It Fly, the Let It Fly podcast. And it's a popular sports podcast, mainly focusing on Omaha sports. They often have Creighton basketball players, Nebraska football players. Anybody that's popular in the Nebraska-Omaha area in sports is on that show. And we got connected, and they reached out, and we're like, yeah, hey, we'd love to have you come out and see what we do here, maybe swap a couple stories. So I was like, you know what? Like, this is a really cool opportunity. Me and Trent were texting about it. We got excited. This is a chance to connect, maybe uh, do a little collaboration in the future. Shout out, let it fly. I'm going to shout out quite a few people and things in this podcast. So I get there, right? Thursday night. And I'm like looking for this guy. His name's Phil. Shout out, Phil. He was sweet. I looked <laughs> for this guy, Phil. He wasn't there. They brought me up into the studio, sat me down. They sat me down next to this girl named Meg. Shout out, Meg. Meg runs the social media for all of Let It Fly. And so I was okay. just kind of like, I didn't, but I didn't know anybody. Like I wasn't introduced. I kind of just sat there and then they just started rolling. And as I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm like, man, like this is really cool. It's in a nice little studio. There's a host with like uh, these TVs around. It was a really cool scene. And as I'm sitting there for the first segment, he's like, he's like, yeah, we're going to join us in 15 minutes and we're going to have Stephen Ashworth on for uh, our next guest. And I, I was sitting there thinking, and I was like, Stephen Ashworth, like who? that name sounds familiar. And if you are listening to this podcast a week or I think it was a week ago, Trent, you had told me to watch the Creighton Providence highlights of that game last week. And I was like, you know what? I haven't really been paying attention to Creighton. Like I'll give it a watch. This guy, Stephen Ashworth is an absolute bucket. And I was watching this this clip that you had sent me from last week, and I was like, he he made like six threes in the second half, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like this guy's insane. Now, fast forward to the Thursday night when they said that he was coming on the podcast, I was like, no way. Sure enough, got to meet Stephen Ashworth, starting point guard for the Creighton Blue Jays. Let's go, super stand up guy, super nice dude. Got to listen to that uh, uh, interview with him and the guy from Let It Fly for a little bit. Super nice guy. Shout out Stephen Ashworth. With that being said, I did take the over on Stephen Ashworth made threes today. I did. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's officially a friend of the pod. Love it. Um, but anyways, that interview ends. That was like the first kind of cool experience. 
Now, the part I really wanted to tell you, Trent, came after I had sat and watched the show. I, I wanted a little time to, you know, chat it up with Phil and kind of get the specs on his podcast. He wanted to hear some things about what we were doing. We were just kind of swapping stories and ideas, et cetera. Remember, we're, we're up and coming podcasts, the Double Tech here. We're, we're, we're the fastest growing podcast in the United States. So, the yeah, yeah, buy, <laughs> buy right now. Buy right now because the stock is going <laughs> exponentially high. Um, so I'm sitting there with Meg, the social media girl. Meg is fantastic. Uh, she had a Buffalo chicken pizza, offered me a couple slices. Who am I to turn it down? But we get to chatting, me and Meg. And, uh, she was telling me, you know, like she's a senior at Creighton. She's about to graduate. She's got all these grand ideas about what she wants to do with her future. Um, she wants to go into marketing. She's doing all these things. And she was like, you know, like, and honestly, at some point, I want to live with um, my boyfriend who, like, it doesn't live in Nebraska right now. And I was like, oh, dope. Like, you know, I'm just kind of, like, chatting it up. Like, oh, dope. Like, what does your boyfriend do? Like, that's really cool. And she was like, oh, he plays basketball. And I was like, oh, word? Wait, what? Like, hold on. Like, what do you mean he plays basketball? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, where? Like, at first, I, I didn't know what, what she was talking about. I was, I was like, we're, like, old enough to where we're past college. Yeah. So I was like, what do you mean he plays basketball for a living? And she's like, oh, he plays in L.A. And I was like, Ooh. L.A. And, he, and she was like, yeah, he's on the, he's on the, he's on the Clippers. <laughs> and I was like, hold on, what? And hey, listen. So she had mentioned that her boyfriend was on like this is before I knew he played basketball. She had mentioned okay. that her boyfriend was on a one year contract. And then she talked about the Clippers. So then I was like, OK, now I got to know who it is. And Trent, I'm about to pull a name out that's gonna blow your mind. Oh my! Okay, I, I, the suspense is killing me. You know, you know who her boyfriend is? No, tell me. Joey Hauser from <laughs> Michigan State. Go green, go white, dog. Joey Hauser. Look, full transparency. I had the pleasure of covering Tom Izzo's basketball teams for four years in uh, in college, as as a member of the quote unquote student media. Joey Hauser, stand-up guy, great dude. Gotta love him. Great interview, straight shooter, super nice, makes time for everybody. That's that's crazy. Yeah, just insane. So I'm sitting there. Again, Megan's super nice, but she said Joey Hauser, and immediately I thought of you, Trent, because I'm like, this is a Michigan State. Like, he was a beast. Yeah. Like, this is going to blow Trent's mind. So obviously I had to, you know, plug, like, hey, if Joey ever wants to be on the double tech, <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have him as our inaugural guest. With that being said, Trent, let me get a 30 to 45 second elevator pitch on why Joey Hauser should be the first guest to appear on the double tech podcast. Go. So this is great timing because yesterday I actually was talking to uh, my brother Brock about the NIL and the transfer portal and all that stuff. And we use Joey Hauser as a perfect example of why things were perfectly fine the way they were. Joey Hauser played two seasons at Marquette, transferred to Michigan State, and had to sit out for a full year to redshirt before he was able to then play for Michigan State. And now it just seems like, guys, it's free agency. It's open season. They can go wherever they want. So I would love to talk to Joey Hauser about that process, why he transferred, what he loved about Marquette, what he maybe didn't like about Marquette, what it was like playing with his brother at Marquette and then leaving his brother, Sam, who then went to Virginia. So they both transferred, went their separate ways. And just what that whole process is like, because I want to pick his brain on like, dude, if you were, if you were at the height, if you were at the peak of this NIL stuff, would you have still picked Michigan state? Would you have maybe stuck it out at Marquette? Like what's the deal? I would love 
to have that sort of conversation because he is the perfect example. One of the last great examples before NIL really took over of a premier transfer going to from one premier program to another and having success in both places. Well, there you have it, Joe. Uh, you have a golden opportunity in front of you to be a part of something great here at the Double Tech Podcast. And we'd love to ask you some questions. So closing that whole spiel up, shout out, Phil. Shout out, Meg. Shout out, Let It Fly Podcast. Um, shout out, Stephen Ashworth and the Creighton Blue Jays. And yes. shout out, Joey Hauser, Michigan State and Marquette and University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point legend. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> let's move on though past that trend obviously we got to acknowledge the elephant in the room the super bowl happened last sunday yep um just as we both predicted some might call it a no-brainer the chiefs not only covered but they won you heard it here on the double tech podcast we and trent both called it um trent was this game always the chiefs was it always the chiefs or was there a point in the game where the 49ers had the ball they just had to run with it a lot of ways to attack this, but obviously things didn't go exactly how I thought they would. I remember last week on this show, I said it'd be a blowout. I think I said 34-13 or something like that. The yeah. Niners were impressive. Uh, and it's it, to me, it's ironic that they fired Steve Wilkes, their defensive coordinator, four days after the Super Bowl because for 57, 58 full minutes, they were pretty much holding Patrick Mahomes to nothing. And then all of a sudden you get a full fifth quarter in there and the, the better team's going to end up winning the game. The stronger quarterback is going to end up winning the game. And that's what Mahomes did. So I, I would say, yeah, it was always the Chiefs. It, to me, it was at least. I was watching that game. There was never really a huge doubt in my mind that they'd end up pulling that thing out, whether it was ugly or it was going to be a shootout or it goes to a couple overtimes, whatever. They were going to win that game, in my opinion. And it's always interesting to hear uh, Andy Reid and Chris Jones say after the game, yeah, if they would have scored a touchdown, the Niners, on that first drive of OT, we were going for two if we scored again. So I think that kind of mentality, even though it's a little crazy and it gets certain coaches in trouble at times, the Chiefs can pull it off, man. I think it was always the Chiefs. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, it was always the Chiefs. I think if the 49ers wanted to win that game, like like you said, I think the firing of Steve Wilkes was kind of absurd because it was offense It was offense that got the 49ers to where they were Correct. You know, in the playoffs. And the fact that they scored 19 in four quarters, that's a bad game for them. And I think Brock Purdy came out and took responsibility of the fact that they only scored 19 points, but they scored their only touchdown of the game on like a double pass trick play. Like that, that, that shouldn't happen. You know, right. They held, like you said, they held Patrick Mahomes to 19, even before that 16, before everything, it was on the offense. It was always the offense for the 49ers. They were the reason why they, they couldn't push the ball down and end up scoring. Their defense was doing their job. And um, what I thought I, was really interesting real quick, Ethan, just to interject yeah. real quick, is we, we talked all season about how this is the weakest Kansas City offense in this Mahomes era, and they really got to lean on that defense. And lo and behold, in the biggest game, and really in the AFC Championship game too against Lamar and the Ravens, they leaned on that defense. The defense won in the game. I think it's awesome. Right. right. Um, like you said, completely, completely won by the defense. Super awesome. Um, Mahomes, obviously, now we can start talking about him in that GOAT conversation, which is wild. Um, but I want to know, so you had you had mentioned Andy Reid and Chris Jones talking about that overtime thing. What's your reaction to the 49ers allegedly? I mean, it's not really alleged because everyone's come out and say it, but they was, were not prepared for overtime. I think yeah. that is completely 
a Kyle Shanahan fault. Um, there is no reason why you're not coming into that game ready. I saw a clip yesterday um, of Patrick Mahomes hearing that they wanted to receive, and you could see visual surprise on his face. Like he raised his eyebrows like, for real? And he was like, yeah, we'll kick that way, you know? Yeah. What, so, what, what is your reaction to that, though? I, I am maybe in the minority here because I don't want to insult Kyle Shanahan's intelligence. I don't think he understood what was going on either. I really don't. Kyle Shanahan, man, like grasping at straws. You want to talk about a guy who was choked in some big games and then he gets to the biggest game. His offense is not playing well. And then after the game, or excuse me, after regulation, doesn't really seem to know what's going on in overtime or doesn't really have his guys understanding what's going on in overtime. And then the cherry on top is he's firing his defensive coordinator when the defense played fine in the Super Bowl. I can argue they played really well in the Super Bowl. So my reaction to the whole thing, man, I think it's shameful. I, I blame Kyle Shanahan 100%. Yeah, I'm I'm wholeheartedly in the same boat. I think when when push comes to shove, the only thing, the only the only object you can look at in that situation is the leader, and in that case, Kyle Shanahan is the one to blame. As the guy that's job, it's his job to prepare his team. Like in the interviews with the Chiefs guys, they were saying they had a couple meetings, a, like in during the week to discuss overtime strategy. Like right. it was something that they were planning for. Preparation wise, if if the if your leader is not preparing you for battle and preparing you for what may come at the end of battle, you have no reason to win that game. And I think Kyle Shanahan is fully fully to blame. Like you said, what what I was curious about though, can you imagine if the 49ers had scored a touchdown on that first drive? Just seeing them all freak out and like yeah. run out on the field. Yeah. How yep, embarrassing. Yep. How embarrassing would that have been for them? I didn't even think about that, but you're exactly right. If they thought the rules are what they uh, – allegedly what they thought they were, which is first score wins, oh, and they go out there and they score a touchdown, wreck. and then they're celebrating, and their defensive players even are probably ripping their helmets off and running around. It's like, no, you guys got to get your butts on the field and get a stop now. Otherwise, this oh, thing's going to go to double. How embarrassing that would have been. Oh, yeah. That would have been like cringy. That would have been like cringe-level embarrassment. Yeah, um, yeah so – not much to say about the Super Bowl besides the fact that Mahomes time and time again gets it done when it matters the most. You just can't bet against this guy when his back is against the wall. And it, it's scary to think that we have now been a part of, Trent, in our lifetime. We've been a part of two very strong dynasties, Patriots growing up, and now the, we're dawning upon a new dynasty the Kansas oh, City Chiefs. And the scary thing about it is they're going to be even better next year. Can you imagine? They're about to, in my opinion, I think it's under their best volition to go out there and get a number one receiver. Mike Evans. Mike Evans or T. Higgins. And if they do bring a guy like that in there, I mean, I, I they're not they're not even, like the 49ers are still favored to win it all next year, which is completely bizarre to me. Because it's it's ridiculous. It's malpractice. At yeah. what point are we going to start realizing that the stars win? I understand it's a team game. Mahomes, like you said, Ethan, firmly in the GOAT conversation. The Chiefs dynasty is firmly here. It has arrived. And I'm with you. This was the worst Chiefs team that we've had since Mahomes walked into the league, and they just won the Super Bowl. They're going to re-up that offense. They're not going to have the same problems they had. And I know Travis Kelsey's getting a little older. Chris Jones, you're going to have to pay him. But – I am with you, man. They're going to be right back in this same saddle next year. Oh, yeah. And uh, shout out Spagnolo, man. That guy was calling yes. heck 
of a defensive game that entire time, making Brock Purdy super uncomfortable, which is what we kind of predicted last week when we talked about the Super Bowl, was that they needed to make him uncomfortable. And sure enough, that uh that third and four at the very end of the fourth fourth quarter, there was like three minutes left, and third and four, Spagnolo calls a, a, a blindside blitz, basically. I think it was Sneed that ended up blitzing Purdy. It, it was the biggest play of regulation, in my opinion, because had they gotten that first down, they just had to run out the clock and kick the field goal. But force Purdy to throw it away or whatever, it stops the clock. They kick the field goal, and it was a three-point game, and there was still like a minute and a half left. You knew Patrick Mahomes was going to drive down the field. And it's oh, scary yeah. as fans of the game to just know that that's going to happen. Like, if you're sitting there watching the people that don't watch football, they're like, oh, like, he doesn't have much time left. And you're like, no, that's Patrick Mahomes. He could have he could have 25 cents and a, and a lighter, and he could survive in the wilderness for six months. You know what I'm talking about? You, you know what I equate it to? I, I, it's probably how just before our time in the 98 NBA Finals when the, the Bulls had the ball with, like, five, 15 seconds, whatever it was, when Jordan hit the shot yeah. over uh, Brian Russell. It, it probably felt like that. It's like, okay yeah. – if you're a jazz fan, you're like, okay, we're up one we're <laughs> in the finals. We should feel good. We're one stop away, but oh, we yeah. don't feel good at all because and I'm sure that's how Niners fans felt in that moment. They're like, look, we're right here. We played a heck of a game defensively, but it's that guy on the other side, man. Yeah. And that's, that's the end of the story. It really is. And you can only, you can only do that when there are goat level players on the opposite side of the ball. So um, that leads me to my next question, Trent. Are there any other quarterbacks or or just players, this can be in any sport, in your lifetime where you kind of have that same mindset where you're like, yeah, they're going to go get what they want. Like no matter how time, how much time is left, they're going to come down and they're going to like, for example, like you got, a, you got a 10 point lead with two minutes left and you're playing the 2018, 2016, whatever year you want to call it, Golden State Warriors. And you know – that coming down there, two two minutes left. You got Steph Curry on the other side. Yep, ten point lead isn't safe. So, like, are right. there any other players in your mind where you're like, I don't care how much time is left, if they got the ball with any amount of time left, this game is never over. Uh, dude, not to take the cop out answer, but I think Tom Brady's really the only other one, and that was that's who Mahomes is now getting compared to. And I know he doesn't have the rings, and we talked about this last week, but um, you can't even say guys like LeBron, and I love LeBron to death, but like it, it's just. Some of it's situational. Some of it has to do with what your record is in those situations, your track record. LeBron always rises to the occasion, but he doesn't always get the win. You know, LeBron dropped 51 in an NBA Finals game one loss because J.R. Smith forgot the score. Like, there's there's little things. With Mahomes, none of that seems to matter, man. It could be a holding penalty. It could be an offensive pass interference. Receivers could be dropping stuff during the season. And then when the lights go on for the Super Bowl, man, he's balling. So, I think the only other guy I could really confidently say is Tom Brady. And there are players that show flashes of this. They get on a hot streak, like Jordan Alvarez for the Astros in the World Series a couple years ago when yeah. he was hitting walk-offs in, like, every other playoff game. Uh, you know, there's guys go on runs in March Madness, like Jimmer Fredette at BYU and stuff, where you just think this dude's having his way. But never like Mahomes, man. We now have a full body of work. He's been in four Super Bowls. He's won three of them. And it just seems like every time he gets the ball, he's going to make it happen. Right. I I almost – what comes to mind for me is almost like uh, a Tiger Woods coming into the final round. Yeah, like that's a good one. It doesn't matter what kind of lead you got. This guy's about to hit three straight birdies. 
I want to I want to throw this in there because I kind of forgot about individual sports, unfortunately. But I I would throw Michael Phelps in there. That 2008 Beijing Olympics was insane. Him, Shout out Phelps. Him him beating Laszlo Che by one one thousandth of a second for the gold, and I think it was the 200 fly. That was insane. And then ever since that moment, he was just a legend. Came back in London in 2012, killed it. Came back in Rio in 2016. He say, they said he was washed, coming off some drug problems, killed it again. So I'd throw Phelps in there. Tennis, like there's there's a few tennis players, but even tennis, man. I mean, it's like Rafa Nadal kind of needs to be on clay to have that feeling. Uh, Djokovic needs to be, I mean, he's done it everywhere, but some more than others. Like Pete Sampras never won on clay, I think. I think this is all these weird things. You know, and with Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't seem like there's any of those qualifiers. Right. Speaking on tennis for a second, I'll tell you who's an up-and-coming star is Carlos Alcaraz from yeah, Spain. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is him. He is he officially is a- him. I, I, I remember watching, I think it was the U.S. Open last year, where he he beat uh, Francis Tiafo or something yeah. in the semifinal. That guy's just insane, man. This Alcaraz guy, and he's got so many, so many years left. How old I is think, he? Like twenty? Yeah, nine, I, I, I thought he was nineteen when he first did it, but twenty in that area. He's got a good fifteen years left of tennis. Yeah, you know, given that he takes care of his body, hitting a pivot. Anyways, we got a little bit away from football. We're gonna bring it back here, Trent. I want to talk about a couple topics here. What What were your thoughts on the commercials? You big commercial guy, or are you kind of yes. like, yeah? No, I, I love commercials. Look, I, I'm i disappointed with how far we've gotten. We've kind of lost the plot on Super Bowl commercials a little bit yep. in corporate America. Yep. But there are still some hidden gems. You're always going to get some good stuff. I loved the Christopher Walken one. Yep. I loved the uh, the Duncan one was the one everyone was talking about. It was pretty good. I thought I got a little overblown. But anytime you get stars like that in one room and J-Lo and Tom Brady and all that good stuff. It's good. I thought the, the commercials were fine. No, nothing nothing spectacular compared to years past, but I don't know. Did you have a favorite in mind? I, I was going to kind of go along with your first point there. I think the commercial game has definitely lost its fastball in terms yeah. of uh, product. But honestly, I, what, what shocked me, so I'm, I'm watching the game with my girlfriend, and we like I, – I like to – I'm – I don't know if I should be priding myself on this. I don't know if I'm proud of it, but like I, I know a lot of names, like a lot of celebrities. It's like that useful knowledge that you yeah, store right. in your head. And she doesn't. So we'll play this game sometimes where I'm like, okay, like who's that? Like who's that? Who's that? And she's got to try and guess. And I'm like naming stuff that they've been in. I don't know. It's a fun game. And we're watching the commercials and I'm like, okay, so like every every time we see somebody that's going to be like our quiz throughout the Super Bowl, every single commercial has a star in it. Do you notice yeah. that? Where it's like yeah. you almost can't have a commercial anymore unless you have an A to B list celebrity in there, which is yep. just bizarre to me. I'm sitting here on the couch. Every other commercial, I'm like, oh, there's another random person. What Dan Marino is in like three commercials. <laughs> this guy Dan Marino is a true journeyman yeah. of the commercial game. But um, yeah, I I thought the commercials were okay. I didn't I didn't have much qualms with it. I didn't think they were that good compared to years past. One of my favorites was the Paramount commercial with like oh, all, that was really good. all of the Nickelodeon stars. And then Creed came out and then he threw it. That was a classic. Yeah, that was good. Classic he, commercial. He threw Arnold because his head shaped like a football or whatever. And you got to, it was good. But yeah. I'll shout out our buddy Spencer for a second because I got a quick funny story about Super Bowl commercials. So senior year of college at Michigan State, we're living on Gunson Street, had the best year ever. 
but we're sitting there watching the Super Bowl. And before kickoff, I turned to him and I was like, hey, who is one celebrity who's a little bit off the board that you want to see in a commercial? Like, let's place our bets now. And I said Cher because I love Cher. And I just thought maybe she'd be in like something. And Spencer thinks about it for about five seconds. And he goes, Mike Francesa. Do you, do you know who Mike Francesa is? I don't know who Mike Francesa is. He's the He was... He basically is the reason you and I are doing this. He started talk radio in New York in like the 90s, I think. Mike Francesa, Mike and the Mad Dog. They were like the big show that like they talked about the Yankees and stuff. Anyways, is that is that Mike and Mike in the Morning? No, that was that was a different one, but same type of show. It's like okay. two co-hosts that just go at it and they talk about sports for like three hours. It was Mike Mad Dog Russo, who's now on uh, First Take all the time with Stephen A. And then Mike Francesa. So... Yeah, that's all. That was just funny. I was, it was like way off the board. I was thinking like, give me like a B list or something. Spencer yeah. went. Mike Francesa was hilarious. Typical, typical Spencer was. So was Mike Francesa or Cher in any of the commercials? No, we both struck out. <laughs> that's what I was curious about because that, that would have been a golden moment had had he been in one. Oh man, would have been great. But yeah, would, if that would have happened, I would have been like, bro, who do you know in the industry? Like you, yeah. you, you, you had some inside track information. Just got Vegas insiders for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, moving past the the Super Bowl here, you know, I, I honestly feel like now that football is over, I'm I'm almost it's almost like losing its luster. Where it's like I didn't I didn't really want to get too much into the Super Bowl because it's like Mahomes won, eh? Let's yeah. just get past it. You know, there's there's other things that are coming up. There's other things that we can talk about. Things we can we can get into. One of those being NBA All Star Weekend. Trent, are you watching All Star Weekend? Um, to be completely honest, I haven't watched anything yet. A lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm at home with family and kind of spent last night. Yep. Again, we're recording on a Saturday. So Friday night, I think was the rising stars challenge and the, was the celebrity game last night. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Celebrity game is so dumb. I'm it's, so it's ridiculous. over the celebrity game. They're doing this whole publicity stunt with Stephen A. Smith's ankle injury. And it's, it's just, it's, it's horrendous. It, there was a time, there was like a brief shining moment for like two years where the celebrity game was must watch. It was like Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. Kevin and Hart, like, yeah. They, they, ha- I think, wasn't Obama in it or am I way off base? <laughs> I think you're off. I don't think Obama. Okay, sorry. Never mind. It. Obama was not in it. But I think there was someone from Obama's cabinet that was in it or something. Oh, maybe he was now that I think about it. I don't, I don't, I don't think he was. I was off base. But anyways, my point is just it used to be good. Now it's like Machine Gun Kelly. Like, I don't need to be seeing that. So um, anyways, get back to the root of the matter. No, I'm not really watching a whole lot of it. I'll probably watch the actual game itself, the All-Star game. And I'll watch the highlights from, like, the dunk contest and stuff. Just like anything else, I'll keep up with the headlines. But I'm not really, you know, today, Saturday is for college hoops. I'm not going to be watching the rising or the celebrity game or whatever it is. Yeah. I'll kind of give my take on that. I I agree. Like I I love the the big moments. I love the the three point contest. I love the the actual all star game itself. I'm glad that they altered the scoring for that. I I'm just so over the whole theatrics of celebrities coming together to celebrate the fact that they're celebrities. I'm so over the theatrics of the Oscars, the Grammys. The, the celebrity game, even NFL All-Star or the Pro Bowl things. I yeah. just I think it's so like cringe that all these famous people come together and they're just like, hey, yeah, we're famous. And then it's like, OK, what are we supposed to do? Just congratulate you for being famous. Like, good job. They got a puppy. They got they got a workers. 
there's blue collar workers out here in this community that are working right now. And you're over <laughs> here drinking sangrias with, uh, I don't know. With Jim someone Nance. you don't even, yeah. And, and you don't even like Jim Nance, but you're just acting like you like Jim Nance because you're a celebrity. Yeah. And like everybody is surrounding them with phones out and like they're filming every single little thing. And it just seems like such a, uh, like you said, a publicity stunt. So no, the celebrity all-star game is dumb. All like super dumb. People do watch it though. People do watch it and it gets ratings. But like you said, it used to be good with Kevin Hart in there. And like, I just don't like that they're getting people as, as much as this might be off the hinges. I don't like that they're getting people that are good at basketball. I kind of want to watch that game and treat it as parody a little bit. Yeah, I want these yeah. people to kind of stink. You know but what? Like, I think it was like, like Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons, who are like clearly on a different <laughs> athletic level than everybody else. Right. Like they probably could have played like D3 college basketball or D2 college basketball because they probably played in high school and were like three or four star recruits in basketball. They just chose football, you know, like right. it's I'm with you. And I also think a couple of years ago they put a WNBA player in it. And I'm kind of like, A, that really belittles the WNBA. If you're going to just put them in the celebrity game because you need someone to fill time. B, that's also not fair. That's a professional basketball player <laughs> that you're just throwing in the celebrity game. What are we doing? What are we doing? What, what actually are we doing? And on that, on that topic, did you see the Rising Stars Challenge? The G League team – beat the rising or not the rising stars team the g league team well who did they beat dude i i have no idea i don't even know so the nba g league team essentially beat a team of nba players the nba team had victor Wembanyama on the team and the g league team won that is embarrassing if you want my opinion these g league guys are out here playing for contracts they literally don't have a contract and now they're beating actual NBA players. NBA All-Star Weekend. What are we doing? Fix they, it. <laughs> Here's the problem. Here's the problem, me. And I don't know how to solve it. I'm that guy that's going to give you a problem with no solution. But the pendulum has swung so far in one direction where we just want to put anything and everything that might get eyeballs on the TV. Why? Let's go for a little more quality over quantity. And I think this is a case in point perfect example of it because Ethan you're exactly right if we got g-leaguers beaten up on nba players who are getting talked about every single day and these guys can't even get their name in the on the back page of the paper in right. a small market like what are we doing what are we what, doing what are that's we the doing? bottom line with w with nba all-star week what are we doing i think we could tweak that idea though i think they should get these g-leaguers to play for a contract i think there should be some sort of relegation that happens in that <laughs> game I think if the G-Leaguers win, <laughs> they take the place of all of the NBA players. That would be kind of exciting. Throw some winner, yeah. a little bit. Winner stays in the league. Win- <laughs> <laughs> winner gets to hold their 10-day contract. Um, oh, that would be great. Speaking of short-term contracts, though, Joey Hauser, we love you, and we'd love to have you on the podcast. We hope you get another contract. Um, moving forward past NBA All-Star Weekend, all the theatrics, whatever you want to call it, all the all the rigmarole that is out there right now. We got to start addressing college basketball. It is becoming to that point of the year, March Madness, right around the corner. We're starting to talk about the bubble. We're starting to talk about first four in, first four out. All these conversations are heating up. Trent, I'm being completely honest with you. I have not watched 
a full – I might have watched two full single games of college basketball all year. I hear about the headlines, obviously, but I'm not I'm not in the trenches watching the games. I know that I should, but I've just been consumed by football and NBA lately. So, Trent, I want to do a little bit of a segment here. I would love for you to educate me and maybe some people, some, some listeners that we have who – are in the same position as me, maybe needs some picks, maybe needs some some insight to the college basketball season before March Madness comes around. Is there any way you could help us with like some trends? I was thinking maybe two teams that are moving in the right direction, two teams that are moving in the wrong direction. Yeah, this is uh this is awesome. This is my wheelhouse. Like you said, I love college hoops. Um, I'll try not to ramble too much here, but hey, the floor is yours, brother. The, the two teams that I think are moving in a positive direction, and this first one's going to sound ironic because two weeks ago I bashed this team and this program and its history, but that's the Purdue Boilermakers. This is the best team I think they've ever had, ever. The uh, they, They've really not wavered all season long. They've been at the top. I think they were AP number one going into the year. I think they've been one or two, maybe down to three, but they've been right up there all season long. They don't have that horrendous loss yet. And I say yet because I do think it's coming. But right now, if you look at the trend, they look very, very good, very well coached, very tough to beat. The only thing they, they could get in trouble, this is how they lost to a 16 seed last year, is they're not very, they're not super athletic. They're very fundamental, they're very well coached, but situationally at times, sometimes it just takes like if you get in a if you get in a dogfight a little bit, those athletes are gonna the hungry dog runs faster, if you will, Ethan. And that's honestly the case with a lot of the Big Ten teams when you stack them up with the Big 12 or the ACC or the SEC, it's just more athletic down there by nature. Big 10, Midwest, you know, we're recruiting sure. regionally. So I'll give some credit to Purdue. This next team that's trending in the right direction, this is way off the board, but hear me out. The Florida Gators. Oh, this is a team that they're, the they're on the bubble right now. They're firmly on the bubble. They are not, they're no lock to even make the tournament. But if they do make the tournament, Ethan, they're probably going to be an eight or nine seed. And I would I would look out if you are a Purdue and you win that first game and you got to play the eight or nine and you draw Florida. They have athletes. That's that's the, that's the exact antithesis what I'm talking about with Purdue and the rest of the country. Florida they end their season with an opportunity to impress. I think they play they play Vanderbilt twice, who stinks. One of those games I think is today, but they they have a, a chance to really launch into the postseason and maybe make some noise in the SEC tournament and. Uh, that's just a team that when I'm filling out my bracket, I could see myself maybe picking Florida to beat someone in the second round. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, why didn't we pay any attention to these guys all season? Like, where do they come from? Cause they uh, haven't been in the AP poll all year. But I'm just saying, keep an eye on the Gators. They're trending up after a little bit of a disappointing start. Um, two teams moving in the wrong direction. Um, I'm going to, these are probably two teams that are towards the top of the barrel at, at, in, in general. If you just take a snapshot of the season, you zoom out, they're going to be high seeds in the tournament. But there are two teams that I'm really concerned about, and that for one is Kansas because I think they're coming off a little bit of a hangover from two years ago. And uh, Hunter Dickinson's great; he's a great fit there. He he actually works really well in the Big Twelve and everything. Problem is, they don't surround him. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get really X's and O's here. They don't surround him with the correct shooters. He needs shooters around him. He can shoot, but he can also bang down low. And I don't know if there's I think you can count on one hand the amount of big men that can hang with Hunter Dickinson in the post. They got to get better on the perimeter. And granted, Kansas right now, I think they're top 10 in the country. I'm just saying the way the trends are going. They've been up to number one so far this year, but they've lost as of recently. 
Are they, and their, another... are they ending their year with any with any good teams? Let me check that real quick because that's a good question. Let's look at their because I do remember watching Kansas play somebody recently, and this is what I'm talking about. I, don't, I just I don't know much about college basketball, <laughs> but I had the other team, and I was watching Kansas, and I was watching Hunter Dickinson. Shout out Michigan, go blue! Uh, and he again, just just like I remember watching him was like you said, banging down low, doing his thing. But I wasn't impressed with the shooting. I truly wasn't. So just because I got the schedule pulled up, I'll double down on something real quick, and then we'll just kind of take a look at what they got coming up. But they beat Houston, who is currently the number yes. three team in the country. They beat Houston. They they whooped Houston. They looked really yes. good. So that that's the high. The, the Jekyll and Hyde of that is they lost to Kansas State, who's unranked. They lost to West Virginia, who's unranked. They lost to Iowa State, who's a good team. I think they're still in the top ten. But th- these are just – when you put them up against great teams, they don't always deliver. They did against Houston, but to that point, Ethan, they get another crack at Houston to end the season, and it's in Houston. That's on March 9th. So that could be a rock fight. They have to play Kansas State again, who they've already lost to. They have to play Baylor, who's a top 15 team in the country. So just keep an eye on Kansas as we go down the line. That's all I'm saying. Handful of games left. They're a candidate to, I don't want to say crash and burn, because they're still going to be like a three seed at worst, but just keep yeah. an eye on them. And then another team, and this is a team that I don't even know if they're really trending down, but just a team that has disappointed all season long, the Miami Hurricanes. Went to the Final Four last year. Everyone was high on them, but I don't think people really understand. They're losing Isaiah Wong. They're losing some of their talent, some of their scoring production. And Jim Laranega, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the clip, but it went a little bit viral. He called a timeout for his team to kind of like regroup, and then he just sat on the bench and, and just sat there like, I don't know what to do with these guys, basically. Wow. And it was it was a horrible look. This team, I think they were top 15 or something coming into the season, not to bore every bore everyone with the numbers, but that they're they're like out of the tournament if the season ended today. So they really got it, they got work cut out for them if they want to come back with any sort of expectations because coming off a final four run, this is just really, really disappointing. And I'll tell you what, being down in Florida, the, the local media is killing the hurricanes <laughs> their lack of effort. So there you go. Two great teams, two teams, not so much, but that's fun, Ethan. We, we are firmly in the wheelhouse now of like, we got a month until March Madness. Things are heating up. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm super excited for the tournaments to start because that's kind of when I start watching college basketball a little bit, sort of like the NBA a little bit where I'm like the regular season. I'm just, I'm not that interested. I know that the college regular season is, you know, a lot more interesting but to me, it's just like I just want to start watching when the when the emotions get heightened. I want to hear Gus Johnson's voice on TV again. Yeah. I don't know if he's still announcing the, the March Madness, but I want to hear it, man. But good stuff. Honestly, sad for the University of Miami, man. I feel like they used to be such a storied athletics program in all sports. Now they haven't seen a good football team in a long time, and basketball is now on the on the down low again. It's just. So rough, rough sledding for the Miami Hurricanes. Um, let's move on here, though. Let's move on to the throne room and doghouse. Trent, by the way, thank you for your your picks there. We're gonna come back to that every week. Maybe hopefully we got some new movers coming in and out of your of your two two good ones and two bad ones. Well, let's get into our throne room and doghouse. We love the throne room and doghouse. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe, comment down below. But uh, you'd see a couple big smiles on me and Trent's face because we just love this segment. This, this is was, our pride and joy. This, this is, is our pride is, and joy. 
you, Incredible you, gotta get, you gotta scratch the surface of athletics and really dig down deep to get where <laughs> we want to get with these picks, man. This is it's it's different. It's different with the throne room and doghouse. With that being said, Trent, you can go ahead and start us off with your throne room pick this week. Maybe low-hanging fruit, but when records are broken, I mean, you got to talk about it. Caitlin Clark becomes the highest-scoring player in women's hoops history. And did you see how she did it, Ethan? Did you see the basket that broke the record? I did. I mean, obviously there's no pressure because it's like five minutes into the game, but to just come down and chuck from half court, it went for no reason. I mean, you're playing a horrible Michigan team. You could easily just go in, drop an easy 25, break the record, celebrate late. No, she said, I'm going to do this the way I, I'm going to do what's gotten me here. She pulls up three seconds into the shot clock and cashes it, rips it. And I'm talking like they had that little counter up in the corner of how many points she needed. I think she needed eight points going into the game, yep. right, to break the record. And they've got the little counter. And it was only up there for about – 10 minutes of real time because she got right down to business and she ended up dropping 40 plus in that game. So shout out to Caitlin Clark, the greatest women's basketball player we've seen at the college level ever. And I'm excited to see, I don't think she's going to go to the WNBA. I think she's going to come back for one more year. Cause she has one more year of eligibility at Iowa and um, she can make a lot more there with NIL than she can in the WNBA. So if she gets another full season, Ethan, of, of this type of scoring and this type of output, that record's never getting broken. I mean, it's like Wilt Chamberlain 100 in a game. It's never getting broken. So shout out Caitlin Clark. Trent, I, I think this is one of those rare situations where I think I think we have the exact same throne room and doghouse. I do, do you really? I do. I okay. thought I thought I was I thought I was going off the beaten path with Caitlin Clark as the throne room. She was my pick as well. And okay. I was gonna say the same. And I think. I think we have the exact same doghouse as well. We but might. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audible at the line. Obviously, uh, wasn't ready for this, but we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay in women's college basketball, and I'm gonna flip the script to the other great uh, women's college basketball player, Paige Buchers, UConn point guard. I'm gonna give her her crown because she kind of teased that she is staying at UConn for one more year. And for the reason being that you kind of mentioned it at the end, I think she is getting a lot more money staying at UConn than she would get in the WNBA. And I think that's a good decision for her. It's a good decision for women's college sports and women's college basketball in general. I think women's, I honestly think women's sports is growing. Even if it's slowly growing, I think it's trending in the right direction. With, with women like Caitlin Clark and Paige Buchers leading that charge, I think they both deserve it. We got a couple queens in the throne room, Trent. We oh, yes. We, That's we, right. we never had any queens in the throne room. We got a couple queens. And we got two of them, thanks. I don't think we've ever had queens in the throne room. I love it. You got to love it. Pair, hey, title of this episode, pair of queens, man. I, I, okay, that's what it is. Pair of queens. That's <laughs> what we're go. doing. There you go. Um, So just so I don't have to live with the fact that you're going to take my doghouse pick. I'm going to lead with the doghouse pick. Go and for it. My doghouse pick is Kyle Shanahan. Was that yours? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> yeah. That's the dog. Oh, we gotta, yeah. We got a We got a double, double throne room doghouse. Me and Trent were duplicates here. Kyle Shanahan does well deserving of the doghouse for a couple reasons, more than probably are going to be said, but I want to focus on 
like we talked about him not showing up prepared for that overtime, him failing at the end of that game to get the ball moving. They had one touchdown the entirety of the game and then proceeds after losing the game to fire their successful defensive coordinator. Kyle Shanahan, you're not a guy that wins it on the big stage. You continue to show that. Question marks are being raised. We got to figure it out. We got to figure it out, Kyle. Here's your collar. You're in the doghouse. Um, Trent, anything that I didn't say or that you want to expand on with that? No, you pretty much nailed it. And if anyone wants to hear our commentary on Kyle Shanahan, we did talk about it earlier. I won't pile on on the poor guy. I do think it's awesome, Ethan, that we're finally in lockstep here. It only took five episodes, but we're yeah. now reading each other's minds. Of all the figures in sports that we could have picked, we picked the same exact two for both. I think that's remarkable. But for the sake of the show, I'll give a 30-second different off-the-board answer, and it's a repeat from – it's a follow-up from what I said a couple weeks ago. Doc Rivers. The Bucks, yes. three, the Bucks are 3-7 and seven with Doc Rivers at the helm, and he's going to be coaching the All-Star game on Sunday. Are you kidding me? What are, what are we doing again? What are we doing? Doc Rivers. Awful. I was, was going to bring that up, too. Doc Rivers is not the guy. He, he's no. He's not the guy. Talk about somebody who's lost his fastball, man, Doc Rivers. And that take that you had, however many weeks ago it was, has aged so well. Has aged so well because, like you said, the Bucks were doing really well. To this day, I don't know why they fired their head coach. But thank the Lord that Doc Rivers is around now, right? Yeah. Because for some reason they wanted to just get a face in there. That's another NBA rant. I think we had this rant a couple weeks back. But, huh, Trent. I want to touch on something we haven't done it in a while, and that is our segment of The Double Tech, where we give a hot take. And we missed it last week. I want to come back to it this week. And it's fine if you don't got one, but I feel like this needed some airtime. I feel like it needs to be said. And I'm willing to say it so that if I have to take the hits for it, if I have to take the flack, I will. Okay? But I'm saying (laughs) what needs to be said. Go for it. Taylor Swift. Oh, boy. Does not deserve the hate that she is getting. Oh, I'm with you. I thought you were going the other way. I'm 100% with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. I think everybody, after watching this NFL season, has just had it out for Taylor Swift. When she is just acting like a fan, she is just being a fan. She's not purposely taking the limelight away from what's going on. It is the fault of the cameras that are showing her. Okay, it is the fault of the fans that are acting like she is some mogul, which she is, but like she's not like she's not Jesus, right? Okay, let's establish that. Correct. And she she's just re- and like I remember talking to my students this past week. I, I was saying the same thing. I was voicing that I don't think she deserves all this hate. And they were like, Yeah, but just like the way that she reacts to the plays. I'm like, you guys react the same way whenever anything happens yeah right just being a fan of the game you're gonna have reactions to what happens she has reactions as well it's not her fault that the camera puts her in that position and she has to react so and let's talk about the fact that taylor swift has never come out and like said anything bad about the nfl never tried purposely to take away like i said take away the spotlight of what's going on she's just being a fan and supporting Travis Kelsey, whether that relationship is legit or not, she's being a good girlfriend, supporting her boyfriend, and and we we love healthy relationships here. We love healthy relationships, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
So I wanted to stand up for, for Taylor. She's in her, her Kansas City Chiefs era, as some might say. But Trent, you said you agreed with that. Are you on board with what I'm saying here? Totally. And I'm not I'm not a Swifty. I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan. Right. I don't I don't really care one way or another for Taylor Swift. She's one of the biggest stars of our generation, Ethan. So naturally growing up with her music and stuff like I, I got nothing against Taylor Swift. I'm not a huge fan, but I'll tell you right now, these people that are just miserable, miserable people who just need to be mad at something all the time. Who are talking about how she? First of all, if you're if you're if you're one of those people who thinks she's dating Travis Kelsey to help her brand, you're just a mush brain. Like it, it, <laughs> she's a billionaire. Would you rather be a billionaire or a billion one point one billion? Like I don't. What, yeah. what are we talking about here? You know Why I mean? would she it, need it? Why would she, she need? She that? doesn't need it. And everyone's like, well, she's appealing to a whole new audience. It's like, yeah, okay, but she doesn't even need that to begin with. So she literally, she could sell out Madison Square Garden for a ten minute. TED talk, right? Yes, she, doesn't need a whole she new could. Audience. She, she doesn't sure need, could. Yeah, she doesn't need a whole new audience. Okay. So I'm I'm with you in lockstep on that one. I thought you were you made me nervous because I thought you were going to go the other way at the beginning, and then we were going to have a good old fashioned first take debate about this. No, but, I I'm one who who gen, genuinely thinks that like if you look at how she's handled her career, even for being at the stardom level that she's at right now, you can't. You can't look at her career and say she's really done anything terrible. Like right. she's she's had, you know, these guys and like had these breakups and writes the songs about the breakups or whatever. How much of that is on her? You look at I honestly didn't understand the Taylor's version things. And now that I understand them, I'm like, that's kind of sick. Like that's kind the of the business cool. side of it. Yes, yeah, because she owns cool. it and she gets to stick it to the record label. I agree. I think that stuff's awesome. So I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, I got a quick hot take for you. Yeah. And maybe this won't be a hot take. I don't know. Ethan, you, my friend, played college basketball. Will you, would you like to enlighten our listeners about that experience real quick before <laughs> I go further? Well, well, I, I, I would love to talk about my college basketball experience, folks. You're looking at a, uh, at a, a six-man on Northland College Lumberjacks over in Ashland, Wisconsin. Stand-up Lumberjack Nation. Uh, we lost in the play-in game on the tournament. Uh, I missed a game-winning shot, unfortunately, not to uh, shoot myself down too much here. But it was a fun time. It, it truly was like a like a job. You know, it was truly like I was working every single day and not getting paid for it. Super fun experience, though. Loved traveling around. Played a couple uh, big market teams. You might call them their mid-major D1s, North Dakota, North Dakota State. Loved the experience. Had a great time. Only played for one year and then transferred out of there. So that's as far as I can tell. That's as far as I can tell. Well, that's that's perfect. I just wanted you to lay the groundwork there because I think it's important because we got me over here who just likes to talk and blabbermouth about you were actually in it. And although it was D3, it's still college hoops and you got to travel around and be a part of that grind. And I think it it's it's got some merit to it when you say something like you did a couple weeks ago about the Dartmouth men's basketball team getting paid to do what they're doing. I just yeah. think it's cool. So before I go, before I give my take, I just wanted to to instill that in our listeners as we talk more and more about college hoops because my take here is college hoops in my opinion is the best atmosphere in all sports all of sports because you've got a gym you've got a gym a barn whatever you want to call it packed full of the energy the anticipation maybe there's some substances involved because you're in college but it is what it is it's a great time and i'm i'm talking i'm including like playoff baseball i think march madness 
when you get that winner go home, survive in advance mentality, and you get a blue blood like Duke that's in Jabari Parker and they're in trouble against Mercer in the first round or something like that, that gets the people going, man. It's awesome. And the whole the way they do it with the 68 teams and the different regions all around the country to the point where if you want to go to March Madness and go experience it, you pretty much can from any point in this country. I think that's awesome. And this is my big thing here is it sucks that it sounds like they're going to expand the tournament. They're going to make it even bigger. What? And I know they're going to make it like, yeah, they're going to expand it for TV revenue and stuff. And I just think that's terrible because you're taking a perfect thing, a perfect thing, and you're going you're gonna to taint it and break it a little that. bit. And you're going to make it less of an honor to make the tournament. I mean, heck, 64 teams outright and 68 with the play-in games. That's enough. We don't need to go 70-plus. Yeah, how are they going to expand that, though? Eight, I, I don't know what the number is, but they want to add, like, a whole other – they want to add, like, I think a four fifth teams. region? No, not a fifth region because you can't do that for the sake of the bracket. Right. But it would, just, it would add the number of te- – they'd add, like, four teams to each region or something like that. Oh. So it would okay. still come down to – but anyways, that's just – that's my take. I, I And I, I encourage anyone who's listening to this who hasn't really immersed themselves in the college basketball world Watch some of these atmospheres as the season comes down to it and you're you're playing for a bid in the tournament or the conference tournament start before the big dance. And it's just – it's survive in advance. It's the best, I'm telling you, because it's also – it adds to it the fact that these are kids who are playing. They're it's, – it's not as pretty as some of the NBA stuff that you see, but that's what makes it so pure and so great and entertaining, and the crowd adds to it. And I think it's the best atmosphere. I also think college hoops has the best – Announcer, announcing teams. I mean, you mentioned Gus Johnson. He hasn't been doing much Madness, unfortunately, in a while. But uh, Jim Nance is great. Bill Raftery is fantastic. Ian Eagles electric. All these guys are just awesome. So yeah. there's my little requiem for college hoops, and that's uh, that, that that'll round out my double tech take or whatever we call it. I, I I truly do love that take, Trent. And I think some people that are pleading ignorance here are going to get lost in the sauce and think that you're saying it's like the most appealing sport in general where Trent just said it's the atmosphere the college yes. bat the college sports atmosphere and I can like I gotta agree with you on that because I was somebody who you know I, I my first year in college I played at a small school I transferred back home went to a community college I never had the had the uh the buy-in to like a, a big sports team a big college sports team to go to until I transferred to Grand Canyon University. Lopes up. That's my alma mater there. But when I tell you, and look, Grand Canyon, they've made a couple March Madnesses, but they're 15 seeds, you know, 14, 15 seeds. They're not in these big conferences. They're not a Big Ten, Big East, um, Big 12, you know, SEC. They're a, (laughs) let me think here, Mountain West? Mountain West. Mountain West. But let me tell you something about these home games, Trent. Packed stadium, yeah. packed student section, and it is electric. And I just – you don't know unless you know. You know what I'm saying? Like you just have to be there. And what makes that different than a pro team is like the – like I said, the investment, the buy-in. You know, you're talking about a stadium filled with people that have some sort of emotional connection to the team that they're at, whether – they're taking classes there two days from now, whether their father, their mother, whether they were graduates, 
you know, whether you work there, all these people are coming together under the common cause that they have some sort of emotional tie to that school. And like you said, when you do something like March Madness, where it's like there's 64 teams and at the end of it, there is going to be a singular team. I think that only heightens the atmosphere. So I can't help but agree with you, Trent. College sports, totally best best atmosphere. Yep. And I just, again, as we turn the page out of football, I just want people to keep an eye on it. Be mindful of it as you view March Madness and and all the all the beautiful things that it has to offer. And it's also, not to get on another tangent, but it's one of those things. That everyone fills out brackets. Everyone yeah. does it. It brings people together. It's beautiful. Sports. With that being said, um, go ahead and start following the Double Tech Podcast. Like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Comment down below what your favorite uh, uh, favorite college sports team is. The coverage will never stop here at the Double Tech. The coverage will never stop. Even though football season's ending, we got a whole we got a whole novel to read of college basketball. There's so much more to come here. Go ahead and start following. Click the notifications button. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do to stay intact here. But um, Trent, we we have a betting segment, man. We we talk about betting on sports. I don't. Re- I didn't really know how to take this. I don't really know what there is to place wager on, but I'll tell you one thing. We can keep this short. West All-Stars is a lock. The Western All-Stars <laughs> Western All-Stars is a lock, okay? If you come at me with Luka, Jokic, LeBron, uh, D- Kevin Durant, they're not losing, and the East is coached by Doc Rivers. So oh, that yeah. is all you need to know. The Western All-Stars should handily win this game. That's all I'm going to say. Do you have anything to speak on the on the sports betting side of things? Also, gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Yes. Gamble responsibly. Only gamble what you can afford to lose. We all know you get that dopamine rush. It's all exciting when you win something. But you got to understand there's a bigger picture. Um, bigger. I will I will go with this. Here's my problem. Um, I'm in Michigan right now, as Ethan talked about at the beginning. So my hard rock bet app which is only legal in Florida, won't work. So I can't even open the app to see what the lines are. But, hey, put a little shekel. Put a, put a couple shekels on LeBron James All-Star MVP. I do it all the time, and it's only it's only hit for me once. That was in 2018 when he won it, and I it was that was that was a fun <laughs> night. Let me just put it that way. Um, so shout-out to LeBron. I think this is always the type of thing where he rises to the occasion. Now, it'll it'll – Set the tone in the first, like, 10 minutes. You'll see, like, whether or not LeBron's actually gunning for something like this. But I I just think it's one of those things. Lakers are having a down year. He wants to keep himself relevant. I mean, he's LeBron James. He's going to – I could see him going out there and putting on a show. No one plays defense in this thing. So LeBron can do whatever he wants. Give me LeBron. It's probably, like – he's probably, like, the sixth or seventh best favorite to win that. So let's let's roll with it. And also, Ethan, I'll take the East All-Stars for the sake of the show. I don't think they're going to win. But I'll, I'll throw a couple bucks on the East, All-Star. <laughs> Taking the East. I, I love it. I love it. Well, man, it's been – hold on. It's been an hour and three minutes and 30 seconds. We're getting pretty consistent with this time, Sean. We're getting pretty good at this. We, uh, we're we going to close up shop here with a little reflecting and projecting. And I got a team, Trent. I got a team for us here. All right. I got a, I got a team up my sleeve. And let me give my little spiel here before we get started. So currently, if we look at currently, if we look at the NBA standings, the second ranked team in the Western Conference is the Oklahoma City Thunder. The last time they were in the top two seeds for the Western Conference was in the 2000 
15, 2016, also marking the last year they had Kevin Durant. The year after 2015, 2016, they lost Kevin Durant to the Golden State Warriors, that is. They ended up finishing the 2016-2017 season sixth in the NBA Western Conference. But we are going to talk about the first year that they did not have Kevin Durant. That 2016-2017 season. Trent, we are looking for as many players and coaches you can name from this team. 2016-2017, Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a great pick by you. Um, MVP that year was Russell Westbrook, MVP of the whole league, and I, that's the obvious one. Russ was really fun to watch that year. Steven Adams was on that team. He was the enforcer as the starting center. He was. Tatted up, Aquaman, all that good stuff. Um, This is where I really got to think before I speak. I think you got to dig a little bit. You got to dig I a little might, bit. I, I'm going to have to dig a little bit. Um, Andre Roberson. Andre Roberson was on that team. I remember, dude, he was like, yeah, he was like a three and D guy and he was like locked down defense. And then like three years after that, he was out of the league. I'm like, what happened to Andre Roberson? Like no one has any use for that guy. Um, Dang it, man. Can you get coach? Billy Donovan. Yep. Um, Was Ibaka there or was he already in Toronto? Serge Ibaka was not here. Okay, so he was he was he was gone. He was out of the country even. Um, let's go. Ah, oh, this is just I, I got I got players from that era that are just not some of these was Kyle Singler on that team? <laughs> Kyle Singler was on. He didn't get any tick though. He barely played. Okay, but he was there. Yeah, he was there. Um, was DJ Augustine on that team? DJ Augustine was not on that team. Dang. So you're missing you're missing the second and third scorers on this team. Dog. Let me know when you need a hint. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder wasn't on that team, right? That was before. No. That was he was eventually, but not that year. Yep. Give me okay. Give me a hint. Hit me. So here's your hint. Another NBA journeyman, uh, Indiana product. Oh, Vic Oladipo. Victor Oladipo was the second okay. second score scoring option on that team. And then the third-ranked scoring option had a long tenure on the Knicks, pissed a lot of people off, center. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Um, oh. Changed his last name. Oh, no. I don't know. Should I know who this is? I don't I think, think I know. Who I this think is. you should. I think you should. Um, center on the Knicks who changed his last name. His last name is now Freedom. I don't know. It used to be Enos Cantor. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. now known as Enos Enos Freedom. Okay. And then making our way down the list, we got Taj Gibson, Ersan Ilyasova, we got Creighton Product Doug McDermott. Now check this out, Trent. This was news to me. Couple guys, prolific NBA players right now, were drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jeremy Grant was on this squad. Okay, nice. And check this out, Demontis Sabonis. Oh, that's right. The year that- after goes to okay. Indiana and wins Most yep. Improved Player, and then like it seems like from there on out he was a. Uh, 
He was an NBA All Pro. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. I do remember. I remember Sabonis getting drafted because I, I don't know. No one, no one cares about this. But uh, we, we, that draft, we took a my youth group took a mission trip to New York City, and we went to the Barclays Center where the draft was, and Sabonis was there signing autographs. But, yeah, um, dude, that's a that's a good pick. I never would have remembered Enos Cantor unless you told me. But yeah, of course <laughs> I remember Enos Cantor. I just remember. I remember like wasn't there like. A hit out for him to like get like yeah. murdered or something in Turkey. There was, yeah, that's and, crazy, and that's why he. I mean, that's why he's really never been back. Real quick before before we move on, I want to read everyone Russell Westbrook's averages that year because he was insane. Like I I, I gotta find it here. He yeah, was, I just remember and shout out to our good friend Gavin who was just like a diehard Russ guy. <laughs> that makes he played eighty one games to begin with, eighty one games, thirty five minutes a game. 32 points, 11 rebounds, 10 and a half assists per game. Like that's, just that's stupid. The motor didn't shut off. And this is like after KD left and he's just, you know, angry at the world. And it was, it was actually a really fun run for them. They unfortunately lost in the first round, but good pick E shout out to the thunder. Shout out. OKC. Trent, do you have a famous last words for us today? Of course I do. And this comes from the great Nasir Ben Oludara Jones, a.k.a. Nas. Not Lil Nas X, Nas. <laughs> go, go look him up, kids. One of the greats. Uh, in, in the spirit of Ethan and I reading each other's mind today, I've got one lyric I'll leave you with. This is my tactical flow, the one they can't redesign. You can redo the voice, but you can never read my mind. Come on. Come on. Folks, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you coming back every single week. For the hottest podcast in the United States, the hottest sports podcast, the only podcast where you can see a closet in the background. Uh, Folks, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you next week here on the Double Tech Podcast.